Once in royal David's city stood a lowly cattle shed, where a mother lay her baby in a manger for his bed. Mary was that Welcome to episode 13 of Father and Dad, where we discuss the Catholic faith in the modern world from our unique perspective of Father and Dad. I'm Dad, PJ Carraher. And I'm Father, still God willing, Stephen Carraher. <laughs> yes, well, hey, it's June, it's uh, it's summertime. And it's actu- summer. Actually, Stephen, this is your your fourth summer. This is my fourth summer as a, a seminarian. seminarian. Yeah, so this is, I just wrapped up my third year of seminary, but my this is my fourth seminarian summer because I had a uh, a summer coming into seminary as well where right. I, I had the opportunity to do some work. So Right. So I thought it would be interesting today for us just to talk about the th- the things you do over the summer because oh, yeah. se- seminarians have summer summertime yeah. things that they do. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll just uh, let's review, you know, those four summers. So your first summer you did Sure, we I did I did a program called uh Totus Tuus. Yeah. Um, which is kind of like the way that I kind of describe that is it's like a vacation Bible school on steroids. It's, uh, <laughs> it's basically a, a group of uh, a group of four young adult Catholics. Usually, usually those Catholics will be about, about like college age. Uh, they'll go from parish to parish in a diocese and kind of put on a program like a catechetical program for kids aged. I want to say like first grade to sixth grade. They have like. Uh, there's there's a more a daytime session for the first through sixth graders, and then yeah. there's an, an evening session for middle school and high schoolers. So that that was a really fun summer, that, and that was the very first summer that I came in. So uh, to 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 seminary right before before I even stepped foot right. in, the, in the doors of a seminary, right. I was uh, you know I was you know throw, thrown into the throes of, of young <laughs> kids trying to teach them a little bit about catechesis and and our Lord. So, but yeah, I'm, I think there might be a perception that like seminarians kind of like. Once you get to seminary, you just kind of like stay there the whole time. But, uh, but yeah, really with, um, uh, uh, with seminary, um, you know, the way that it's currently formatted, um, uh, a lot of dioceses, a lot of vocation directors will take advantage of summer. Um, you know, after classes are done, all the academics are done for the year to really have a, a good opportunity to, to get to know the diocese a little bit. Um, and Totus Tuus was a great example for me getting to know the diocese. I was going around to six different parishes in the diocese, you know, none of which I had, you know, a lot of experience with. And it was really cool just to just to work with the different priests who were there, get to know the laity who were there, get to know the kids who were there, which and they're, you know, they're they're all fun regardless of which parish <laughs> that you go to. So, uh, but yeah, no summer summer for a seminarian is is uh, is a very blessed time. It's really nice to to you know break through the seminary walls get back to the home diocese do a little pastoral work doing something a little yeah. bit less academic you know they're not doing tests and papers and quizzes but you're you know you're 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 kind of you know it almost feels like you're living the life of a priest a little bit more so it's yeah, a little nice. bit and it's nice for us too we get to see you a little more often oh yeah uh, yeah it's not like once you go into seminary like you you can't see your family anymore so yeah we yeah. definitely the, the the it varies from diocese to diocese but the diocese of gary very generously will will often give the the month of may off for seminarians to yeah uh, just like be around with their family, kind of you know, relax, decompress from the semester. But yeah, no. So it's been good. So 
I've been living at St. Thomas More for for these breaks, so and it's 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 so close to home. You know, yeah, it's all, nice that you're right right yeah, down the block. Right, you right down the block. Let's yeah. let's confess. A lot of times, well, today's Sunday, and you pop over for uh, yeah. I, for I, dinner I always Sunday try to afternoon. like pop over at least once a week. Usually Sundays, you know, after mass, you know, yeah. kind of hang out around the house and. Uh, yeah, bother any bo- bother any siblings that oh, are. Oh yeah, around. you have to bother the siblings. You know, you have to remind them that you're around. So, but yeah, no, you do get a. You know, it's a blessing in the summer, especially especially because yeah. I'm you know studying up in Detroit, which is kind of yeah. far away from home. So it's good to good to good to be able to come back and reconnect with the family over over yeah. the summer. So that's always a blessing. Yeah, and so that was yeah. Your first summer was uh, totus tuus. Your oh, second yeah. one was an interesting one. I I thought that was interesting when you were out at St. Paul's. Yeah, yeah, out so, in uh, mm-hmm. Valpo. I think. I, I, what I liked from what I saw is that I think that gave you a good feel of the life of a priest because oh, yeah. from what I understand, and I'm you should be the one speaking, but I was no, thinking, is that you it. were you were kept pretty busy just going from place to place to place, uh, 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 and uh, you can speak to that, and then and then also just the social lifestyle of the priest. And it was really nice when, I'm sorry, I forgot his, the pastor's name. Father, Father Doug. Father Doug. Yeah. Uh, Father Doug invited us over to dinner. It was a really nice, oh, yeah, real nice great. dinner. And yeah, uh, I was very, I was very glad you, the whole family were able yeah. to uh, come over to the rectory and have a, uh, have a nice dinner with the pastor there, Father Doug. So yeah, yeah shout out to Father Doug, Father Jeff, Father Jeff's uh, the associate pastor is now he's becoming an administrator of a new parish. So ah, very good. Yeah, The family's breaking up over there. So that's okay. They're getting a, they're getting a really good new priest. Over but there. what did you think i mean because i because from when i remember you talking about that and it just sounded like you were like go 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 yeah i really was yeah i kind of this was my it was my very first saint paul's in valpo was my very first uh assignment to an actual parish and i really wanted to just dive straight into it so um usually during the summer parishes will get a little bit quieter especially like country parishes you know there's not too much going on at valpo saint valpo uh saint paul's saint paul's in valpo like the summer is less busy, but there's still plenty of things to do. So okay. it's like every night there is like some sort of meeting. I remember going to a lot of Knights of Columbus meetings, a lot of St. Vincent de Paul meetings. Mm-hmm. Just to, uh, I tried, I tried my best to go to like every single ministry that was offered over the summer. Yeah. Um, which really, which was awesome. It was really beautiful to, uh, cause you, you really start. I, that was kind of like the first opportunity where I was building like really, you know, strong, longer term relationships with the parishioners there at St. Paul's. And, you know, you'd really get, you know, we do daily mass every day and it's the same crowd yeah. every day. So it's really yeah. good to, you know, you see the same people all, all the time and you start building relationships with them. And uh, yeah, yeah the, a lot of very fond memories there at, at St. Paul's. And I think you're right. That was kind of the first opportunity where I got to see uh, behind the curtain. From the almost. inside. Yeah, from life the inside. from the inside. Like, what, yeah. is, what does the life of a priest look like? You know, what does yeah. it look like? And I, I try my best to like, go to as many Sunday masses as possible. And yeah. my, one of my favorite things that I, I did at St. Paul's was, you know, just after mass, just shaking hands and getting to, yeah. getting to meet people as they're walking out of, of the church and just kind yeah. of building relationships that way. And, you know, you met a lot of, I met a lot of very good, very holy people, very yeah. interesting people at St. Paul's. Um, yeah, it sounded from what you said, they were very welcoming to they you. Were, they, they, they like yeah. adopted you basically. They really did adopt me. Yeah. There's, there's many meals, you know, there's, there's a, the ladies who did all the funeral luncheons. They basically yeah. adopted me as their son and, oh, it was great. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah. No, the parishioners at St. Paul's were, are, are very wonderful. So okay. yeah, it was really good. And it was really cool too, to kind of like live that, uh, the schedule of a priest and just kind of yeah. get a sense of like, oh wow. After four masses on Sunday, you get pretty tired, you yeah. know, it's like, you know, or like wow okay transitioning from like a wedding to a funeral on a saturday that that kind of is emotionally and yeah. mentally taxing i could see that um 
and then also it kind of taught me the importance as well of like, oh, wow, you really do have to, you know, have like a break during the week. You have to like really take a day off during the week just to kind of like, you know, uh, kind of like unwind or do like personal reading or just kind of like, yeah. you know, there's there's a, a huge temptation with uh, with priests to, you know, you know, not take a day off and just kind right. of like keep on going. But you really do need that rest. I think everybody yes. really needs that. Yeah. Rest, and you need so. your space. You need your home base. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Yeah. You definitely. And, and yeah, it's and it's always good. Definitely taught me, you know, helped me continue to build habits of prayer. You know, what does prayer mm-hmm. look like, mm-hmm. you know, for a priest? You know, I, I, it, this was told to me early on uh, in my seminary formation. I think it's still true. It's like. Uh, for priests, if you're if you're praying a holy hour, you got to do it in the morning because if you if you wait during you know, any <laughs> yeah, parts of the day, by the like, end of the day, by the yeah. end of the day, it's like it's <laughs> it's not happening. Like it's 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 happening at six o'clock in the morning, or it's not happening. So uh, just because like you know life gets in the way, and yeah. you know it, you know you go through the afternoon, you're like, oh, I'll do it in the afternoon, but then like meetings pop up, or you yeah. have to anoint someone, or like, oh, I'll do it in the evening, but then you no, remember there's I, something. I, I find that with my work, if there's something I got to do, you got to do it in the I, morning. I do it in the morning. That's when I'm fresh. That's before I start meeting with people because once that day starts um it flies by yeah and as you've actually you we had talked before about where you're at this summer we'll get i'm not gonna jump to that you know how things just go off but let's in between this summer and that summer was the uh the the covid summer that was i build your own the build your yeah the build your own (laughs) covid summer assignment so but you kept yourself pretty busy during the yeah we were surprisingly busy yeah Yeah, it was i was running around i this is actually very interesting because i got to use a little bit of uh my little talents and skills that i picked up in like high school like organizing uh because i did a lot of like video kind of stuff with a lot of my friends in high school so it was really cool to i don't know it was it was a very interesting situation this was like the only like i don't know this this, very strange and niche situation i was very glad i was back at my home parish at st thomas more because that's where i kind of ended up after uh we were kind of all sent back home from seminary but i remember like getting to st thomas more and like immediately like that was the first the 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 day that i got there was the day the last day they had public masses and then uh, basically we just spent the whole day. I called up some of my buddies and we'd set up like a live stream, yep. uh, system for mass. And then we started, uh, kind of helping out some other parishes around the diocese as well. And so, yeah, that was definitely a very interesting summer. You definitely, you know, it was a lot of, um, just kind of, it was a blessed time as well. I, th- yeah. I you know, I, I think I, I, I look at that summer, you know, I definitely got a lot of good formation out of that summer as well. But you also got to bounce around a little bit because you and was it George and or, or, or um, uh, yeah, a couple of our uh, Matt Cressage. Matt, Matt, yeah, yeah you and you guys became like the dia. Shout out to Matt Cressage. You guys yeah. were like the diocesan experts. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. On that because I know Matt and I thought you two guys bounced out to some other parishes yeah, as Matt well. Yeah, Matt Cressage did a little bit more, but I definitely yeah. yeah. Me, me, George, and Matt would be we're we're kind of like you know. Priests would be calling us like, "Hey, I heard that you got something set up at like St. Thomas More, or like you know, for Matt, it's like, "Hey, I heard you got something up set up but, at Cedar Lake." So, or... kind of like the upside from that is you learn, you know, because that's going to be your network as a priest when oh, you're yeah. out no, there. It's, it's like to, that's what you guys got to yeah. do. You got to work to start together. building relationships, yeah, and kind of, kind of yeah. building it in that in that sense. And it was good to you know help the help the priests out and help the diocese out as well. So that yeah. was that was a blessing. It was also that summer was a really big summer to just learn how to live in a rectory. Because okay. uh, I was living in a rectory with uh, the pa- my my pastor, Father Mike, and then our, our associate pastor, Father Declan, who's uh, par- well, he's he's le- he's leaving St. Thomas. Right, Park. right. Uh, we're all sad about it, Father Declan. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was a it was a blessing in that sense, you know, kind of living. And we were there for I was there for five months, so I was there for yeah. an extended period of time. Yeah. So and like we like we just had each other. Like that was pretty yeah. much you know yeah. locked down and everything. So. 
it was good to kind of like get a sense of, uh, you know, just building community within the, uh, uh, within the rectory as well. I was also there with another seminarian, Robert Ross for a while. And then Zach Glick came in for a little bit. Um, so yeah, no, it was good to kind of build fraternity and see what rectory living was like. So in that sense, the COVID center summer was, uh, was a real blessing. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic, and that takes us to to this summer. Yeah, I got a little bit of you got a little bit of everything this summer. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B this summer. Yeah, it's very interesting. <laughs> well, column A, your pastor, your uh, your or parish assignment, um, right? Or what yeah. do you call it? Yeah, my um. Uh, so, or is so that column this, A? I don't know. Column what. A, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, no, I, to, I I'm also trying to remember what my summer assignment is for this summer. Now that I'm thinking about it. So, because because usually what happens is after your first theology year at Sacred Heart, you'll be going on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. So that was planned for oh, me, but unfortunately okay. that got canceled because of. They, we, we didn't yeah, know. Just, it was no, you didn't know. You can't. You couldn't have planned it out. Yeah, you, you couldn't, couldn't have really planned have planned it out yeah. really well. So instead of that, uh, what the diocese decided to have me do is assign me to a program called Christ in the City, which was um, we'll we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, which is this particular iteration of it is a three week program that was held in Michigan City, Indiana, mm-hmm. and then after those three weeks were done, I had a, a um, I have a two. I'm in the middle of a two week assignment uh, at Queen of All Saints in okay. Michigan City. Okay. So that's like part one of the okay, <laughs> okay, of the summer. So okay, and then part two is going to be part two. Part two is a silent retreat. I've I've got a thirty day silent retreat coming up. Yeah, uh, starting June twenty eighth, and then it's it ends on July twenty eighth. So. Okay, so as a as a programming note, there will be no father and dad. I considered just doing dad for July, that'd be but really, I thought it'd really be really interesting. I wouldn't be able to listen to it. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, oh, I thought you just couldn't say anything. You oh, no, I can't say anything. I can't. Well, I've, yeah. you know, I'd have to, maybe I'll have to, you know, sneak some contraband in or something. So, yeah. <laughs> so there will be no father and dad in July. Yeah, in July. Um, yeah. I, I want to go back to the other things later, but let's, let's, since we're talking about the silent retreat, yeah, go for it. Uh, what uh, what are you looking for? I mean, a month. Yeah, it's a very long time. You know, thinking about it, like a few months ago, I was like, "This is going to be awesome." You know, it's yeah. going to be thirty days of silent. Now, this is not the first silent retreat that I've been on. Yeah, I, know, I would but, not, but it was a yeah. week. I think that you've yeah, done. Yeah, I would in the past. not recommend going on a silent retreat if you've never been on a silent a month a month long silent retreat if you haven't right. been on a silent retreat before. But right. the seminary had us do an eight day silent retreat. Okay. at the beginning of this year. Um, so there's, I have some, you know, I have some experience of, yeah. of you know, being silent and it's a spiritual direction retreat. So yeah. I'll have a spiritual director and, um, so he would be the person who I'd be able to talk to, um, on a daily basis. Are you going to do any reading, like bring books or is it? No, so they want, I think they'll, they'll want you just to kind of like stay with, uh, I think they okay. especially want you to focus in on, uh, scripture, sacred scripture. That makes sense. Um, just to kind of like cut out like right, right, yeah, because yeah. books could be a distraction. Yeah. How about journaling? Are you going to do any of that? I'm definitely going to be doing. I think I'm pretty sure they're going to want me to journal. I'm sure. So I would I'm, think. I'm planning on that. Yeah, I would so think it's, it's good to you know during retreats like that. You know, you you go through so much and you know you could forget so much. You know. Okay. So yeah, I, I definitely know a lot of seminarians who you know they they've kept a journal for their time in the 30 days. So I'm, I'm planning on doing that as well. And it's going to be out west. In, yeah, uh, it's going to be in South Dakota. It's at a retreat center called Broom Tree. I hear it's an excellent retreat center. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I was really excited for it a few months ago. I'm still excited about no, it. No, but now. you're a little more scared. I'm, I'm a little bit more nervous because, yeah. you know, you some some markers are passing by. I'm like, oh, wow, like a month is a very long time. You really, <laughs> you really start to realize, like, oh, wow, like if this, if this silent retreat was the month of June... 
you know, like a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, wow, it's like, it would only be halfway done. And it felt yeah. like it's, it's, yeah. it would have felt like forever. So, um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm a little nervous, but yeah. I think, uh, you know, once I get into a, once you get into a rhythm and you start really going deep with the Lord in prayer, I think you, you know, we're yeah. going to see some, we're going to see some fruit. Excellent. And like, I've, I've heard many different guys say many different guys have many different experiences. Mm-hmm. Some guys, you know, they'll go through the whole entire month and it's like the prayer is really dry, but they really yeah. get a sense that the Lord's with them through it. Some guys have awesome prayer experiences, very ec- ecstatic experiences. So okay. it's really whatever the Lord wants to okay. you know to, to to grant during that time. So you know, it's kind of like putting my trust in the Lord and just kind of seeing what uh, what's going to happen from it. So fantastic. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's uh, that's uh, next month the retreat. Let's yep. walk back now. Christ in the city. Yeah, Christ in the city. So, so yeah, what I, does that, what does I, that mean? <laughs> I did not know about Christ in the city until I knew that I was doing it, which is kind of the, that's 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 the moral of the story for like seminarian assignments is usually what happens is your vocation director will say you're going to be doing Christ in the city and then my next question is yes. Oh, well, uh, well my first my first response is yes and then my second, my question is what is Christ in the city? Um, so Christ in the city is a is a program specifically to minister to uh, the homeless population of the particular area that okay. um, that it's in. Um, and it kind of ha- takes a, a different approach for a homeless ministry instead yeah. of like um, kind of dealing with um, uh, the, the material needs specifically of those who are we're ministering to on the streets. They really deal in building relationships with the people that they meet on, that we That's meet on fantastic. the streets. That's fantastic. So really what, what the, the language of the program is, you know, when we meet people on the streets and we get to know them, we call them our friends, you know? Yeah. And that's really, you really get a sense of, I, I only was doing it for three weeks, but you really do get a sense of it. Um, you know, like you are really building an authentic friendship. So basically what we've been doing are, I, I we just finished the program, but yeah. uh, me and uh, 10 other uh, young adult Catholics. Yeah. Um, we're basically just walking the streets of Michigan City every day and kind of finding whoever we yeah. did on the streets and got to know their names, how, how got did, to know their stories. So yeah, and and how do people respond to that? The fact that you were there. Yeah. Well. To them? Yeah. Well, it's definitely a mixed bag. Some people yeah. you can definitely tell, like you know, the first couple of times, you know, they don't want to speak, but usually, like you know, what what Christ in the City is big on is like, you know, sometimes you'll have bad days, sometimes you'll have good days, but they yeah. just keep coming. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. Like you can have, you can be having a terrible day. You know, we'll come in. You, you, you don't want to talk. Well, but we just want to let you know that we're here. We're thinking about yeah. you. We're praying about yeah. you. We're thinking, you know, you know, we consider you our friends and, um, and you know, some, I, I, I've, the experience that I had mostly is, you know, a lot of people are just like really excited to just have somebody to talk to. I definitely right. had a lot of experiences of, of some of our friends on the street saying like, you know, like just very, very grateful for us being there and just being, just being an ear to listen to them. And yeah. Um, just kind of like calling them to higher things as well. You can definitely tell like, uh, there's this one, there's this one guy we met on the streets, um, younger guy who's like 30, like 31 years old. And, uh, yeah, we were talking with him. We talked to with him like for like two, three hours and, you know, we're just having like normal, it's yeah. just a normal conversation yep. with this, with this guy, you know, we're talking about, he was a huge history buff, you know, oh, fantastic. So we're talking about like, he really liked, you know, um, he really liked talking about like the Renaissance and just a bunch of different, he, he knew a bunch of yeah. different hist- historical topics. And I was talking to him about like a podcast of recommending okay. uh, to him. And, and he, at the very end of our conversation, this was, we were like sitting, it was hot outside. We were yeah. sitting under the shade of, a, shade of a tree and he's like, you know, guys, I really appreciate it. You know, if I wasn't talking with you, I'd probably be like in a liquor store right now, like buying liquor. Like, wow. Like it's like, you're, you're really like, like he was extraordinarily appreciative of it. And like, it was, I had a lot of experiences like that as well. So it was, it was beautiful. Now you're touching on something. I'm going to go a little bit off on the tangent as as I've been known to do, but I find 
and it, but it comes back to your point to the fact that you engaged with him and how yeah. he, because I'm going to use a base baseball analogy as Tis I always the want to do. Go for it. And I'm gonna I will bring it back. Trust me. And okay. the baseball analogy is this: as All you right. know, as a kid, I used yeah. to hang out at the parks. Uh-huh. I used to hang out. I grew up rich, and I didn't know it. I had both Comiskey and Wrigley, and uh-huh. we, you know, and I could go there and and hang out. And so I'd hang out with buddies, and we learned how to get autographs from the players. Mm. Like I, I mentioned to you at Comiskey Park, I learned that the ramp that was used by the food vendors was also the same ramp that the players walked out to get mm. out of their cars yep. in the parking lot. Uh-huh. So I pretended I was a food person, oh, parked yeah. my butt on the yep. ramp, mm-hmm. and I got all these autographs. All these guys met me. Um, Wrigley Field, we used to hang out there. And a buddy of mine uh, who hung out there once, there was a, a famous um, pitcher. His name is, uh, he's I think he's in the Hall of Fame, Lee Smith. But his first time when he came to Wrigley, he was coming from, he out of a cab from, he flew in from uh, AAA, Iowa. Yep. And he comes up by the firehouse, by the left field entrance. And walking in, it's like, where's the dugout? Uh-huh. And I know I showed this to you, and I think I've showed this to the other kids before Wrigley got re, before they've reworked with the dugout was there was a series of doors. One was a storage room, mm-hmm. and one was the dugout, and they yep. both looked the same. And my buddy knew which one was which, so he showed. Yeah. So uh-huh. he interacted with Lee Smith, and it's like, hey, here's your dugout. You you look at the modern ballpark, even the even Wrigley Field now since it's been uh, re-upped, mm-hmm. uh, and the modern ballpark, ball players never interact with the people mm. okay and even even the the richer fans sit up in the in the boxes we didn't yeah. have those things uh-huh. and, and the poorer fans everybody so my point was back in when i was a kid i'm sounding like the old man but back it, in my day back in my day <laughs> everybody interacted we knew who was who and everything yeah. like that mm-hmm. but everybody and so where that comes to your interaction with the homeless is, is you sat there, you interacted with him as a man, that yeah. this this last uh-huh. person. And we've treated our homeless, back in my day, the homeless, we had uh, a, a, a lot of times it's mental issues and yeah, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So we had mental in- institutions. Granted, they weren't the best, but... Uh, what we've done in in replacement is we've just thrown these people out in the streets and we don't want to talk to them. We don't want to acknowledge them. We Mm want to hide in our houses, hide in our cars. Mm -hmm. We don't want to walk the streets. We don't want to look them in the eye because that's scary. It is. Yeah. Uh, And, uh, and I think what it's on, it is uncomfortable. It is. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic that you guys did that, that you got out there Mm -hmm. and you did that. Mm -hmm. And just that story that you shared that that guy said he would have gone. Oh yeah. And, and it, and it, it, it's a beautiful, Beautiful story, but it's a painful story to me, almost in a sense too, because it's like, how many other people are out there that are wanting that human interaction, but we're not doing. We're choosing the safe route, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it is safe. It is safe to stay at home. We're choosing that yeah. safe route over getting our hands dirty. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, you, you definitely hear that from from our friends in the street. Is you yeah. know, very often they feel invisible or. You know, they feel like people don't, you know, look to them. You know, they don't, they're not treated with, you know, dignity and respect. So, yeah, no, I think that's, that's kind of like, it, it's, it's that dangerous, like trying to like separate yeah. ourselves out and, you know, not willing to, to interact. But the whole idea with Christ in the City, because this is only just a three week program, you know, yeah. um, they have a full year long program in Denver where they, they, they've been doing it continuously for 10 years. 
Um, but if you're doing it just in a place for three weeks, you're really just trying to plant a seed in the community, and you're yeah. really just trying to kind of change the culture around, like how we how we how we interact, how we interact. Yeah. So you know, you. we're 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 trying to convert the ballpark back to the way it used there to be. There we go. I, I'm, analogy, I am so. I am all for that. Yeah. That's good. all right. Um, that I'm, about that about wraps us up. You're good. I'm great. Fantastic. Um, so thank you uh, to those of you who have listened and offered us your your comments. We welcome your input to help out. Uh, listeners, uh, we've created two email addresses, father at fatheranddad.com and dad at fatheranddad.com. And as I always say, if you don't know who gets which each email, email then then you're not uh, listening. And a and, uh, couple more things is, first off, uh, as we always say, there's no charge uh, for our podcast, podcast, but we do ask uh, for one form of payment, and that's if you like what you hear, please tell two friends. And just a final reminder, we're not going to be on for July, but we will be back uh in August, as we are uh, gearing up, uh, and uh, Stephen, we wish you a, a good retreat. Thank you. Pray for me. I'll pray for you. He came down to earth from heaven, who is God and Lord of all, and his shelter was our stable, and his grace.